0: Welcome one and all to Reese Rambles episode 21 and um, yeah I'm on a bit of a streak at the moment not only because this is the 21st week in a row that I've managed to release these which is becoming a bit of a thing and I'm sure it's something I should probably stop celebrating at some point Um, but because this is the third thing that I've recorded in a row today. um, I started off with uh, last week's ramble which was number 20 and uh, I've recorded an update, a channel update which my, may have gone out on the main channel. I've just kind of put it out there to my uh, some of my supporters and, and kind of fellow uh, YouTubers j- just asking for feedback on that one. Uh, it, it's very raw and still needs a bit more editing at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just kind of uh, bouncing the concept around and, and kind of running out of time to uh, to get that done. Um, because the reason for that is that I'm on holiday. Um, I'm, I'm not on holiday right now, but I will be on holiday uh, but by the time you hear this, I will be back from holiday. So uh, don't take that as any kind of invitation to uh, come and rob my house uh, or anything. Uh, but that, that's the reason why, obviously, I'm rushing to kind of get stuff recorded, because uh, I don't want to break my streak. I've worked so hard for my streak. And uh, I also don't want to neglect my YouTube channel. So there we go. That's that's the story behind that. Uh, and I've also got uh, a load of work stuff that I've got to sort out before I go as well, as is the uh, plight of the, uh, the self-employed person. But, hey, my uh, social media empire, my uh, content creation empire is more important than uh, my day job, obviously. You know, I don't need to pay the bills. I need to uh, entertain people on the Internet. (laughs) But there we go. So this week's uh, ramble might be a bit shorter. Um, We'll have to see how it goes and how much stuff I can come up with off the top of my head. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the response is like to that channel update. I haven't done one of those on my main channel for such a long time now. I, I always kind of do updates and behind-the-scenes stuff uh, in these rambles and on my second channel, of course, where these rambles are also hosted. And... Um Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that's received. I I actually worked out that it was March 2021, the last time I did a a channel update type video. And uh, I was still doing stuff very much unscripted at the time. And it it was quite interesting to go back to that old workflow of uh, printing out a list of bullet points on a piece of paper and uh, taping it to the tripod and then sitting there and kind of thinking of stuff to say, which is very similar to how these rambles are put together. Um, over you know over the course of a week i'll I'll kind of think of stuff and I'll take notes and, and then I sit here with a, a document open in front of me with a list of bullet points and um, yeah, just kind of riff off of those and uh, hopefully that means that uh, I don't run out of stuff to say. And if I do run out of stuff to say, then I can just stop and uh, put in a little bit of a pause and uh, yeah, you'll be none the wiser. Yep, just like that. So let's talk about some upcoming videos. Now, there's one project that uh, has been dragging on forever, and it's starting to get on my nerves a bit now, but uh, I am really looking forward to getting this machine done and getting it up and running. And that is the NEC PC9821. Now, if you know about old Japanese PCs and stuff, um, you, you've probably come across a, a range of systems called the PC88 and the PC98, which was the, uh, the successor to it. And the PC9821 is, of course, uh, in the PC98 range. Now, the PC88 is probably best known for being uh, a bit of a weird architecture and and kind of a a thing unto itself uh, back in those kind of wild west days of the 80s when uh, computer manufacturers were were chucking anything at the wall and and seeing what would stick. And um, the PC88 had had some really uh, unique, interesting games that that were never released on any other platform, including, if, if, if you're familiar with the Bad Apple demo, um, that's that's kind of made its way onto lots of different systems. The music in that game it actually comes from uh, an NEC PC eighty eight game. Now those machines are worth an awful lot of money because they're, they're quite kind of uh, mystical and, and, and kind of respected and revered in the uh, in the retro computing community. But the PC ninety eight, the later ones, uh, were actually kind of more PC compatible and, and a lot more boring, um, if I'm honest with you. And there are certain models, certain later models, that uh, you can get for next to nothing. I mean, the the ones that I've got are uh, all-in-ones with an integrated CRT monitor and stuff. And um, I, I think one of them was like £14 or something, and then the other one was like... God knows, something like eleven pounds or something like that. Obviously, there's the shipping from Japan, and I went for the uh, the slow boat option, which meant that they they took months to arrive. And because they weren't very well packaged, uh, one of them was almost completely destroyed when it arrived as well, which is all, all stuff that you'll see in the video. And uh, that's why I, I have taken the decision to uh, obviously build a a decent one out of the two. Uh, thankfully, the the much nicer cosmetic one uh, is the one that kind of. Uh, survived better so to speak although not really because there was a lot of internal damage on that one um, but yeah the, the really grubby disgusting one actually got quite smashed up and uh, you, well you'll see it all in the video it's some sharp bits of plastic poking out everywhere and it's it's beyond repair but um, interestingly enough the, um, the 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 clean one of the two Um, actually had a hardware fault, uh, some kind of ROM fault, uh, whereas the really filthy, disgusting one actually works okay and had a hard drive in it, which uh, I've I've actually managed to recover some data from, which would be very interesting to look at. Particularly, um, yeah, how much detail do we want to go go into? Are we going to spoil this video? No, there's a lot of stuff to cover. Um, But yeah, I I did manage to recover some stuff off the the hard drive and um, it seems that the previous owner... Uh, used the TV tuner to his advantage, and uh, the screen captured some uh, some quite interesting things. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was a, a single man living in his uh, in his Tokyo apartment or what. It'd be interesting to know the uh, the, the story behind these. But um, unfortunately, I, I couldn't really find anything kind of personally identifiable on there. Um, and then that hard drive kind of actually died shortly after I managed to recover the the stuff from it. So that would be quite an interesting thing to cover in the video. And um, yeah, the the only the thing that's holding me up on those PCs. So, but uh, basically the more I dig into them the more issues I find. Um for example, the the nice clean one that I'm trying to rebuild and get working. Um all of the um the screw posts inside that hold the the actual CRT uh, tube in place were like snapped off because obviously it's had some kind of impact. Um and and the weight and the momentum of the CRT has, has actually snapped those off. And um, I had I had to find a way to stick those back on in a way that would have been that would be strong enough to take the weight of the CRT, of course. So I came up with a solution for that, and it works, and it looks great, and it's not something I've seen in a video before. Um, it's quite obvious, so I'm sure it's probably been done before. But um, yeah, I was quite pleased with myself when I when that all came together and it, it was all kind of solid again. Um, and then I, I discovered another issue. I was just kind of in the process of cleaning everything uh, one last time and, and starting to reassemble it. And I spotted that uh, one of the potentiometers on the, the, the monitor control board or the, the chassis, as I guess you would call it, um, uh, had actually like, snapped off and, and kind of broken in half. And I don't know what value those potentiometers are. And um, there's one there's one for brightness and one for contrast. And I, I don't know if those two are the same. Fortunately, of course, I do have two of those boards. So I've had to dig into the, the really filthy, disgusting one. And if, if anything, it's more filthy and disgusting on the inside somehow. And um, yeah, I'm going to have to use that as a donor and get the potentiometer and either, either measure the value and, and try to order a brand new one or um, obviously just do do kind of a straight swap with that. Uh, but yeah, it, it just seems like every time uh, this project is uh, close to getting buttoned up and put back together, there's a, another setback. But of course, that's the way with these things. Um, I could have done it as a multi-parter. Um, I, I don't really like to commit to those because, you know, quite, quite often I put part one out and then uh, uh, the rest of the project gets forgotten about. And then it's like six months or a year later and people are saying, oh, what, what happened to that? And um, it's actually still in bits in the garage, as happened with the Atari video music. I did a part one of that, and uh, I think it was well over a year, wasn't it, until I uh, until I sort of finished putting that, that back together. And um, in that case, I, the channel had grown so much in that time, and my sort of style of videos had changed so much in that time that um, I decided to just take the part one down and just start all over again and just do the whole thing as one self-contained video. So I think with the PC9821, it would be a nice cliff, cliffhanger a- ending to kind of uh, get it to the point where it's complete and booting up and then say, oh, and here's a load of data that I found on the hard drive, so tune in for part two to see what that's all about. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I, I don't think that's... Uh, considering my my particular mindset and my workflow and my uh, kind of ADHD-driven approach to things, um, I-, I think it's almost inevitable that uh, the second part would be forgotten about for far too long. Or, or it would just stress me out that... Um, You know, I was working on it to kind of finish something that uh, past me had committed to that uh, these horrible things that past me does to me uh, to try and screw me over by committing to these projects. How dare he? So another upcoming video, which I've not 100% decided on, but uh, I think I'm going to start tinkering with the script. Um, If only because I've already kind of got that partially in place. Uh, And that would be a follow up to the Atari Museum video and the, the six interesting things I found in the Atari Museum. Now, the story behind that is that uh, it was going to be 10 things originally because top 10 lists, people love top 10 lists. But um, I got as far as number, <laughs> number six and uh, I checked out the word count and I, I have like a formula that I apply where I, I run the word count through a spreadsheet and it tells me sort of roughly how long the video will be. Um, and because I have my, um, my teleprompter set on the same speed and I kind of talk at the same speed in all my videos, it's usually a very accurate way of working out how long a video is going to be based on the length of the script. And um so uh yeah I um I got to the point where it was sort of getting to sort of 15 20 minutes. I mean that video ended up being 16 and a half minutes in the end. And I knew that it was kind of getting over 15 and getting on for 20 and I thought that's that's kind of the length that I want my videos to be, you know, if I carry on at this rate it's going to end up being Getting on for half an hour, probably. If I if I do tell kind of Kurt's story at the beginning, which is something that I, I really wanted to tell because it, it, I think it is very important. Obviously, it's important to know the backstory of the website anyway. Um, but I think it's important. It was important to uh, kind of remember Kurt and kind of uh, his legacy and stuff as well. And I kind of wanted to uh, wanted to honour that rather than just kind of using his work as a, as a way of uh, you know coming up with some content. Which would have been very disrespectful so uh, I I had to have that in and obviously that was that was kind of the whole first half of the video and then once I got into actually looking at the individual things they were taking a a good sort of few minutes each so uh, yeah also uh, not not just the uh, the the length of the finished product but um, the length of the duration of of the sheer amount of work that I had to put into making that video as well you know the, the editing on that video because it was all kind of still images and I had to animate them all coming in and, and stuff like that and I've got like titles and bits of text on screen and, and, and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, it, it was quite a fiddly one to edit and I think adding the extra four things, um, you know, it probably would have added like another week or so to the actual sort of final uh, final production and uh, I was just getting conscious that, conscious that it had been a while since something had been released on my channel. So uh I got to number six and then I thought, nope, let's wrap it up, let's stick an outro on this and if I want to revisit it, um, then I can uh, I can do that. And I'm very tempted to do that because there's some really interesting things on the list, on the short list still. So just to give a few examples, and these aren't necessarily the things that I'm going to cover in the video because there is so much stuff on there, um, but just to give a few examples of a few of the things that, that got cut, and I, I've got way more than 10 on the list anyway, <laughs> Um there's stuff like the the Atari thirty two hundred, and there's some quite good information on there, some good photos on there. Um, it, it was supposed to be the successor to the twenty six hundred, of course, their their iconic uh, original console from nineteen seventy seven, and uh, yeah, uh, it, it, the code name of that one was Sylvia, which is quite interesting. There's a, there's a story behind that as well as there is with all this stuff, and uh, that there was going to be a redesigned TIA chip in there as well, which is uh, obviously the uh, the the J minor. Uh, chip um, you know the guy that eventually went on to uh, develop the Amiga and stuff and um, yeah he designed Atari's uh, television interface adapter chips including the one for the 3200 that never got released so that's that's quite an interesting story to tell and that console was was abandoned in favor of the 5200 which of course was based on the same architecture as Atari's 8-bit home computers but uh, they got really far along with the with the development of that console as, as I'm sure you can probably imagine if you've seen that first video. Um, you know, Atari developed a load of stuff to the point where it was pretty much ready to go, and then just abandoned it, um, as, as as was the way when they were kind of rolling in a lot of money and trying to sort of innovate on on this kind of stuff at the time. Uh, and on that note, there was there was another console that I, I was also really interested in covering, which was called the Game Brain. And um, I think this is kind of a better known story in Atari circles, but um, yeah, this one dates back all the way all the way to 1978. And um, it was kind of a pong machine, but but a lot more interesting. Um, I, I don't really want to kind of spoil things and give too much away, but um, again, it was final hardware that was all fully developed and fully working. A really cool looking console, and um, yeah, it just never got released. Um, same goes for a, a white prototype twenty six hundred junior. Um, for some bizarre reason, they decided to uh, mold one in in well, it, it I say white, but it, it's kind of it. It's like the um, Atari ST kind of off-white, uh, greyish kind of colour scheme. Uh, and it, it's a really cool looking thing. And the, evidently they manufactured it for some reason for uh, someone to evaluate and potentially consider as a, as a potential release. And um, yeah, that's another one that um, you know, Kurt has in his, in his collection um, that, that nobody really knows anything about. So it um, would be a cool thing to show in a video. And uh, you know what? Let's let's go through the other examples as well because this video is probably still a while off. And uh, like I say, I won't necessarily cover all of this stuff. Um, so there was, there was an interesting story about um, something called Puppy Pong, where um, it, it, it was a bar top version of Pong, and uh, this was developed very shortly after the original Pong, and um, you know used the same internals and stuff. And it it was uh, modelled after a a dog kennel, and <laughs> basically. Um, and, and, and obviously quite uh, reminiscent of uh, you know Snoopy and all that st- stuff that was kind of quite big in, in at the time. And um, Charles Schultz, who who was the guy behind Peanuts and behind Snoopy, um, actually got wind of this thing and um, got in touch with Atari and said, look, this isn't on. Uh, th- this is far too close to kind of my stuff. And if people see this in a bar, they're, pro- they're probably going to associate it with Snoopy and, and think that it's like an official partnership. Um, so if you do go ahead with it, uh, unfortunately my company is going to have to sue you and, and we're going to have to shut it down, so uh, uh, please uh, please reconsider. And Atari did, uh, they actually listened to him and um, that, that project was canned, um, which, which is kind of unfortunate because it, it was a really interesting thing and very much a product of its time. And I believe that actually went on and, and eventually it turned into an official partnership and they did actually do a Snoopy Pong, I think, um, it's one of those things that I need to investigate and research uh, if I am going to do a follow up to this video. That's kind of that's kind of also the uh, the, the other aspect of of why I, I, this would have added a lot added a lot of time, um, because I, I did do further further research on all of the things that I included in the video, uh, just trying to find other bits of information that were around at the time as well, rather than kind of leaning on uh, Atari Museum entirely as the, the source for everything. Although, of course, it, it is it is predominantly Kurt's uh, research that uh, I used for the video. But, uh, yeah, it, it's always good to kind of back things up and, and find some extra interesting little uh, tidbits that I can uh, present to people. And, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's pick another one. So um, uh, the other one that's quite interesting, and uh, uh, this will be the last one, I promise, because I don't want to completely spoil everything. But uh, Atari actually had uh, something called an Adventure Center, which was uh, a physical, interactive uh, gaming experience. Uh, which opened in 1982, and I knew absolutely nothing about this. And I know I know a fair bit about, about Atari history. It's something I've been uh, sort of studying for uh, 15, 20 years, and uh, I was completely unaware of this. And there's there's so little information about it. And the, there is a video, which is sort of very uh, grainy and uh, sort of low resolution, and, and doesn't really show much. But um, yeah there's uh this atari adventure center was it was an in-person interactive experience for kids uh, opened in 1982 at uh, marriott's great america mall apparently and um yeah something that i, I really want to go out and find some more information on and, and kind of show people in a video and uh so so much stuff like that so much stuff that, that's not kind of just uh, consoles and computers and prototypes and uh you know it's amazing just how many sort of uh, pies atari had their fingers in at the time and it's uh, it's no surprise that they burnt through so much money and uh, obviously ended up being rescued rescued by the tremels and everything else which uh, yeah eventually of course led to their, uh, their their downfall so um yeah so it would be really cool to cover all of that stuff and more in a follow up video i think now, just on a completely different topic to finish on, but uh, I thought it'd be something quite interesting to talk about really, is that um, I I finally completed the uh, Lego Atari uh, VCS, uh, the 2600 that I've had, that my wife Catherine very uh, kindly bought for me for Christmas way back uh, seven months ago. And yeah, I, I decided to just sit down and build the bloody thing and uh, not bother trying to make a video or live stream it or anything like that. And I had a whale of a time. It was a really fun build. I'm not really into Lego in a a huge way. I have built a fair few uh, bits of Lego in my time, um, but I'm not one of these people who are kind of fanatical about it, but um, really good build and I really enjoyed it. And I didn't record the actual build process, Uh, But it's it's got so many nice little features and Easter eggs and and, and cool little touches that uh, were really cleverly designed that uh, I thought, oh, you know, my my viewers will be interested in. So I did that as a, uh, I actually did that as a supporter exclusive in the end. uh, And that went out to my patrons, coffee supporters and YouTube channel members at the time, a couple of weeks ago. And really, really excellent feedback on that. And I had a comment from my friend Lee from the channel More Fun Making It. Uh, shout out to Lee. He gets a shout out in almost every single episode now. Uh, the, 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 the very chap that I spoke to a few episodes ago. And um, he said, oh, this, this, should, you know, well, this should have gone out on the main channel. And it really got me thinking you know uh, i ended up sending him quite a, a lengthy and detailed response and um you know I, I didn't intend that as kind of criticism of his of his comment or anything like that but um it really really got me thinking i was thinking what what is the bar for content on the main channel and um it's it's actually part of the part of the uh, the reason that kind of led to the the channel update that's uh, that's gone out or maybe not gone out um you know because i was thinking well do i set my standards too high for myself on my main channel um You know, I I like to put 110% into everything that I do uh, to to, to kind of uh, come up with a a horrible, tired old cliche uh, on that channel. And that's part of the reason that I do the second channel stuff and this and the, um, you know, the the supporter exclusive stuff, because I can kind of relax a bit and be a bit more sort of myself and and not have to make sure everything's really sort of well-polished and everything. So I, I sat down and I made a list of points uh, as to why I didn't think it would work on the on the main channel uh, and if you just I should have should have had this list up in front of me shouldn't I if I knew I was going to be talking about it so yeah it's stuff like the uh, the framing of the video um, those supporter videos I record those from a different angle because uh, I think it's it feels a bit sort of cozier and it, it shows the side of the room that you don't get to see in uh, in the main channel videos um, so that was it that was a decision I took very early on and um it all of those videos have just been me kind of uh, doing stuff on the desk um so uh, that, that angle works quite well for those and the framing of it was really bad i was i was kind of i wanted to get the whole desk in shot because the box and everything for this this lego set are quite big and i was uh, kind of squeezed into one side of the screen and uh, the the framing of that was just all wrong and I also, because because I've had so many issues with um, recording stuff on this desk, particularly on the audio side of things, um, I've experimented in the past with overhead mics and stuff like that. And the desk itself, I think, kind of resonates and, and creates uh, some weird like uh, reverberations and harmonics and stuff, which I can't fix in the edit. So unfortunately, I gave up on the idea of an overhead mic. And if I use my, uh, my mic with the arm that I use for all my other stuff... Um, because of the the angle of things and and the way the desk's laid out, it's basically going to end up blocking something. Um, it, it it's a good setup for kind of podcast interviews and, and that kind of thing. But uh, when when I'm actually trying to show something on the desk, uh, having a, a great big mic arm kind of stretched across in front of it just uh, just just distracts from the whole thing. So uh, the the setup that I've gone for for those videos is to use my old mic, my old uh, Rode NT, and uh, that that came with like a little desk stand. So I just plunk it on the desk, plug it into my laptop, the laptop, you know, sits there in shot on the desk and I hit record. And it's just very easy to uh, just sort of sit down and, and record something. And of course, on a main channel video, I wouldn't want the mic to just be kind of sat there next to the laptop with uh, you know cables everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And um, also in that in 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 that video, um, there was some kind of editing related things that uh, I, I think um, w- I wouldn't have made it through to the main channel. Um, the intro, for example, I mean the whole thing was unscripted and I basically spent the whole of the first five minutes just talking about something completely unrelated to the content of the video um, and then finally I was like oh yeah and by the way here's this Lego thing so let's have a look at this. Of course I wouldn't do that on the main channel, um, it would be terrible for retention. I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure people would find it very relatable if they were kind of regulars of mine and uh, watched and listened to all of the stuff that I do but... Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, when, when you have a YouTube channel, you kind of have to appeal to that wider audience and you have to get to the point, uh, which is which is, of course, something I've talked about before. So uh, I have to lose that whole five minute intro of uh, me kind of talking to my supporters and uh, thanking them and telling them what's been going on in my life and stuff like that, which uh, which would be a real shame. And um, yeah, on, on that note, I, I also had some B-roll shots in that uh, in that video, which is quite unusual for a supporter video for me. Um, I, I like to show everything sort of to the camera and, and, and do it all in kind of one continuous take. And, um, you know, it, it, it's like you're sat there with me and I'm kind of showing you something and, and talking you through it, which, of course, uh, naturally in person, you wouldn't have B-roll shots for. I wouldn't uh, like grab your head and, and shove it into the desk and <laughs> show you close up what I'm talking about. Uh, obviously, videos are kind of a completely different medium. But for this one, because I was talking about some of the kind of uh, nice features that they'd included and and the little bits and bobs, I thought, I I need to show those in the video. So grabbed the camera, turned the uh, active stabilisation on in the lens, which I don't usually do, and uh, just just grabbed some quick handheld shots of the various bits and pieces and and kind of overlaid those as I was talking about them. came out really nicely, but, um, you know, the the lighting wasn't perfect and, um, you know, stuff wasn't necessarily in focus. And usually I would use a tripod for those shots. I'm not saying that uh, I don't put effort into my supporter stuff. Um, of course, I, I, I show them uh, what uh, what they need to see and everything as, as I would do in in a main channel video. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's it's a case of trying to keep the uh, the control alt reese main channel stuff uh, consistently high quality, which is quite a difficult thing to do. And I know there are a lot of channels out there like mine that are you know about someone and their projects and, and fixing stuff and that kind of thing. Um, no, that's that's not a specific reference to a specific channel, um, but there, there are a lot of people out there who, um, you know, will kind of have that ongoing sort of more personal relationship with their viewers and, and they will talk about this kind of stuff uh, on their main channel as part of their videos. I just I just don't like to do that. I like my videos to be kind of a, a, a production. Um, and, and although I am the person presenting them, the videos aren't about me, so to speak, um, if that makes sense probably not. It's probably just um, the way I've got this all kind of twisted and set up in my mind is is a bit odd. But there we go. So uh, they're the reasons that that video didn't go out on the main channel uh, and why it went out to my supporters. So that's, uh, that's unlisted on the second channel. So there we go. I hope that was an interesting insight into some behind the scenes things that have been going on and some of my thoughts. Uh, As explained right at the beginning, uh, I'm in a rush to get all of this stuff done and and get it out there at the moment. So I'm going to go away and I'm going to very quickly uh, edit this together, ready to go and schedule it. Schedule it or schedule it. I never know the difference between the two. I'm going to very quickly edit this up and uh, schedule it. Let's go with that one uh, for release for you lovely people. And uh, yeah, I hope you're having a wonderful weekend off in the distant future uh, by the time I will have uh, already been on holiday and come back, which seems like a lifetime away. But uh, of course it won't be, it won't feel like that at the time, will it? They always, they always go far too quickly. But uh, yeah, I hope that's been interesting for you. Uh, a little bit of a, a frantic ramble and uh, a bit uh, a bit of madness for a change, but uh, yeah, that's, that's me to a T, so there you go. So thank you very much for listening and uh, Yeah, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and go and subscribe to something, whatever really, whatever takes your fancy. Bye!